Hello, hello. Welcome to the Let's Be Real podcast. I'm Nan, your host for today's episode, and I'm joined here by, as usual, James. Lad, how you doing? Doing all right. It's Monday, so the best I can. Yeah, I hate, I hate it. Today was a struggle for me. I don't know about you. I feel like every Monday <laughs> is a struggle for you, man. But it's just, it just the Monday blues. But yeah, no, nah, we're doing all right. Had a, good. had a pretty productive weekend, so it felt good. What did you do on the weekend? Uh, just did a, a bunch of stuff. Went to the gym. Watched the Warriors game. It was chill, but yeah, productive. So it was a very, very good weekend for me. That's yeah, good. I love those kind of weekends. That's good. Yeah. yeah we always need that every now and then. What about you? Chill one. Did you get up too much? Nah, no, nah, not really. Watch the Warriors because you came over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you're not going to watch them if I don't come over? No. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I am the Warriors fan after all. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I ordered this pizza and then James was like, I'm bored. Can I come over? I'm like, sure, but I need to go pick up my pizza first. <laughs> <laughs> And then the lad came over. Boys got a win. Yep. I lost a bet because the Warriors suck. <laughs> Even though they won. Yeah, just. <clears throat> just, yeah. But no, it was pretty cruisy. Nice. Like you. Nice. Anyway, here on Let's Be Real, <clears throat> Let's Be Real, we're here to bring you all the latest and greatest news from the entertainment industry. From blockbuster hits to indie flicks, we've got it all covered. And if you're a real movie buff, be sure to check out moviegames.com. If you want more exciting content like box office analysis, Oscar predictions, and 4K content. So today on this show, we'll be covering, obviously, the weekend box office, the events of Wonder Woman 3 and the roller coaster that we've been on for the past two weeks, Adam Devine's comments towards the MCU, Blue Beetle reactions, predicting the Rotten Tomatoes score for the major films for the rest of 2023, uh, Talk To Me sequel, and an Uncharted sequel. And we, James and I, will be ranking our top three favorite films from the New Zealand International Film Festival. So let's jump right into it and let's um, get to the analysis of this weekend's box office results. So in first for the fourth week running, we have Barbie with 33.7 million. And in number two, as always, is Oppenheimer with 18.8 million. Then in third, we have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem with 15.75 million. The Meg 2, The Trench, with 12.7 million, and Dracula, The Last Voyage of the Dementor, with 6.5 million. Demeter. Oh, did I say Dementor? <laughs> he hates this movie that much that he's just not even going to pronounce it correctly. Yeah. <laughs> so that got yeah. 6.5 million. So, James, what are your big t- takeaways from these uh, top five results? Um, it's just same old, I guess. You know, Barbenheimer just continues to plow through the movie industry and we're going to keep hearing about the Barbenheimer phenomenon all the way through to Oscar season, I believe. So yeah, it's pretty much just like that. Just, you know, Oppenheimer, how it holds so well, it's it's not a surprise because everyone's loving it and it has the benefit of being in um, premium large format cinemas, but it's, it's fallen by over 40% once. And that was after its first weekend. Otherwise it's just, always falling around the 35, 36% mark. Um, so it's sitting around 264 total now. I see that movie going to around 330. I think it's uh, it's competition with the Joker, which is also an R-rated movie, is going to be quite interesting to see which one finishes on top. There, I think Joker was around 277 by this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are quite close. I think Oppenheimer is holding on a little bit better. 
Um, if Oppenheimer can beat Joker, I think that's just incredible. Um, remember, Joker had all the awards buzz. It had. It um, it's based on a, a very popular DC character. It's not three hours, mm. and there are action scenes of sorts. And it had, had uh, a billion as well. Yeah, it had a billion. It doesn't have a competition worldwide. Uh, Joker will take the lead there. Oppenheim will get around 900 million in total worldwide, which is still very insane. And that would be the second highest R-rated um, film of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Deadpool 2 is second at 785. And with Oppenheimer at 650 now, it's, yeah, it's gonna going be to be that. It. It's going to be second of all time on the R-rated side of things. Uh, Barbie, 1.18 billion now. Um, its path to Mario is, I wouldn't, I'm still not going to say it's definitive, but it's very likely that it will beat it. Uh, it really just depends on if it slows down with a Blue Beetle and Gran Turismo and all these consecutive releases start to take a bit of a hit on it. Mm-hmm. Then we could see it go down. But again, I, I, don't, I don't see that changing. I, you're looking around a, a total of 1.4 to 1.45 billion uh mutant ninja turtles yeah fell around where i thought it would be well received but yeah it's it's sitting it's sitting okay i don't don't know on the worldwide side of things it's not doing too great it's not released in all markets yet only has 21 million there so hopefully it can get enough to really that that break even point and make some good money for the for the studio yeah mig 2 had a better drop than i figured I thought it was going to fall around 60 to 65, 57.7%, which is it's a pretty respectable hold for a movie like this. It feels very, um, well, Meg 2 feels like a, a Fast and Furious type movie. It does. Anyone that wants to see Meg 2 will see it opening weekend. No one want, no one's going to go to it on the second weekend and be like, oh, this would be like fun. Yeah. Um, but perhaps I could be wrong here. Um, but yeah, it had a, had a decent, decent drop for the kind of movie that it is. Uh, yeah, the last voyage of the Demeter. Yeah, this one is the <laughs> the tough one. It it bombed completely. I think the budget's around forty five million. I first read a hundred million, and that's when I was telling you. Mm. And then I looked at it recently when these numbers started to come out, and it's like forty five million, and it's still it's not going to hit nowhere near its uh, break even point. Do you know who the studio is? Uh Studio Canal for us. Uh. Universal Pictures for uh, the wider distribution in the US. Right. So yeah, it's pretty. It's it's not 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 a good not a good one for them. Um, talk to me though. That's one that needs to be discussed. Uh, Five point one million on its third weekend, dropped nineteen percent. It's at thirty one million now, and for for a A twenty four movie, I think it's like fourth. Mm. Um, I think Everything Everywhere All at Once, Hereditary. Uncut gems, maybe another one is uh, like the highest grossing for A24 mm-hmm. with everything everywhere all at once being the first at like 70, 70 million. So for Talk To Me to get this, and we're going to talk about more Talk To Me stuff soon. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very good result. Um, otherwise, yeah, Elemental seems to have finally taken the hit, at least on the domestic side of things. It didn't earn a million this. Uh, yeah, this weekend, but it hit the 150 mark. So, from a 30 million opening to a 150, it's just insane legs. Yeah. I and think that's that bro- six times its opening weekend. Broken even now, right? Yeah, it's at 443. Um, I heard that the Pixar uh, president 
said that the opening was very concerning to them, and then they saw that it legged it out to to a to a point where it's making profit and it's kind of made them relieve and uh like I think they're happy about it due to the, you know the wider Disney's doing very poorly to yeah so to see a well received Pixar movie legging it out and people keep showing up I think it's uh the message that the audiences respect the quality of the film has been heard so yeah what are, what are you what are you thinking about the the box office this weekend yeah I mean I pretty much thought um, Barbie and Oppenheimer will take first two spots. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize Ninja Turtles would drop that. Um, I thought Ninja Turtles would drop a lot more. Oh, really? <clears throat> yeah, mm. but I think it was like what thirty to forty ish percent. Forty three, forty four. Yeah, 43, which is pretty good for like a animated mm. um uh film. Yeah. Um. Meg 2, I was expecting it to drop a lot. I was expecting it to be out of the top five in general. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Because <laughs> after that poor opening and then, mm. you know, just negative reviews from that and whatnot. Yeah, and even negative word of mouth. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, before this podcast, me and James had like our little, we were discussing our little quotes that we discuss all the time. And he pointed out whatnot to me and I just started laughing as soon as I said it. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you guys are listening, start, get out. Some drinks right now. Take a shot whenever Nan says what not. And just let us know if you make it to the end of this podcast or whether you pass out beforehand. Yeah, or <laughs> let's not just put it on me. If you want to double down, you can attack James as well. And every time he says, you know, boom, shot right there. Yeah. <laughs> but that that one's for very advanced drinkers. Do not do not do that unless you're <laughs> unless you're very experienced at the game. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, no, these um these box office results is pretty much stock standard. Mm-hmm. Um the thing will start to get interesting now with like Blue Beetle coming on Gran Turismo. Yeah. We'll really get to see how um Barbenheimer does with proper competition. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, yeah. I, th- I think the next couple of weeks is gonna be interesting. What are you thinking for next weekend with Blue Beetle releasing? As in how much I think it'll make? Yeah, just give a general idea on opening weekend. I would say between thirty to forty. Thirty to forty. Yeah, Man, that's a that's a big prediction. It is. Um, yeah, I would say I think it's around going to be around twenty four, twenty seven. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think the pre sale tracking is quite low for it, and the good reactions that we saw haven't really um boasted anything uh, greater than or signaled that it's going to continue to increase or what. Um, I was about to say what not myself. <laughs> um, you're allowed to. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, so it could be interesting. But I uh, sent a tweet out today because I, I still think 24 could be on the high end of the predictions. And I'm like, what if Barbie beats Blue Beetle on its fifth weekend <laughs> and Blue Beetle comes second on its opening weekend? I think that's still a win-win for Warner Brothers because, you know, they're taking out the top two spots. <laughs> that's true, but uh, Blue Beetle opening below... Barbie's fifth weekend will will say a lot. It's it'll be very interesting. I don't think it'll happen, but to be fair, Blue possibility. Blue Beetle's a very like low end sort of comic book, um, tier wise comic book character. He's like C to B ish tier. I mean, uh, still not a justification for that. When you have a DC brand on it, and <laughs> you're marketed as first DCU character, and it's a superhero movie in this day and age. You're expected to open it above thirty million, no matter what. Yeah, well, yeah. I guess DCU really did a 
number on the DC brand. Yes, we'll get to that soon as well. We're getting that, getting to that next. Um, so the roller coaster of Wonder Woman three. Last week, Gal Gadot came out and said that um, her James Gunn and Peter Safran is in works to produce um, Wonder Woman three. Um, everyone was mixed on those feelings, and now a new report comes out saying that um, it's not quite true. Um, it's pretty much saying that um, the this conversation never really happened. Um, Gal Gadot came out and saying that she was invited to a meeting with both Gunn and Saffron, and they told me that um, they're they're both in good hands. You know, like um, we see a future for you here, and yeah, we'll mm. continue going. Um, currently, there's no plans for Wonder Woman in this new DCU, apart from Paradise Lost. Yeah. It is a Max TV series, um, so she could pop up there as like a cameo or something. But um, yeah, that's just really he said, she said at the moment, really. Yeah. So who knows if this is legit or if it's just, you know, mm-hmm. Gunn and Saffron like being like, oh shit, we just said that comment because, I don't know, to like, I don't know, you know. Yeah. So, what are, what are your thoughts on this event so far, Wonder Woman three? Um, I am. I would tend to believe the news we heard a couple of days ago that Wonder Woman three is not happening, and Gal Gadot will not be returning as Wonder Woman or being Wonder Woman in the DCU, at least the lead um, Wonder Woman. Um, because it just doesn't make sense for Wonder Woman three to be in the DCU and with this whole reboot coming through with Henry Cavill being or exited as Superman with a, where Peter Safran and James Gunn went to him respectfully and was like, Hey, you know, we respect you, but we are going in a different creative direction and you won't be involved in that. Same with what they did with the rock. Uh, yeah, I think it just would have been consistent and they probably would have said the same thing to, Gal Gadot. I I just think it's probably a misunderstanding. Albeit it's a very big misunderstanding. And but I just don't know what either side really gains from this. The report came from Variety, so it's not like a a, a random source or leak. It's a, it's a very well-known um publisher. So um and and you've I've heard other little things about Warner Brothers execs have been saying like no there's no plans for one of them three. So I will tend to believe that there isn't going to be a Wonder Woman 3, but I just don't think Gal Gadot should be offset anything of that nature without it being directly confirmed. Yeah. Because the way she said in the interview, it was just like, just casual and just really out there. Yeah, we're working, we're developing Wonder Woman 3 together. It's like, okay, well, I guess it's happening. And, you know, now we find out that that it's not. But like you said, it's a, uh, he said, she said at this point. So uh, I'm not sure, but I hope that Wonder Woman doesn't go through. And it's not because I'm saying that Gal Gadot's performance is bad, but it's just, yeah, it's a reboot. You should start fresh. And after Wonder Woman 84, I kind of don't want to see Gal Gadot mm. in the role again. Um, but just... you did in The Flash. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That forgettable. <laughs> and Shazam. I've seen him twice this year, actually. Oh, shit. Yeah, I yeah. forgot about that. Yeah. That forgettable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, DCU needs to start fresh. So I hope the report we got this week is correct. But it's going to be... Uh, I'll be very interested to know what happened here. If uh, if did James Gunn and Peter Safran 
promise her, oh, we'll, we'll do one woman three together, and then come just you know not do it, and and lie to her. I don't see what they gain from that, and they've been respectful to past actors, um, and I, I don't know why Gal Gadot would say it's in development when if Peter Safran and James Gunn have said no, we're not going to move forward, um, with one woman in the the new DCU. So yeah, I'm very interested to know what happened here and. Who's lying? Yeah, who knows? Unless they said something like, oh, maybe not this chapter mm. or the next, but maybe the next one or the one after that. <clears throat> yeah. We could look at doing one or one three, and then obviously Gail took the ball and ran with it. Mm. Um, I don't think Gunn and Saffron have said that it's not true. I'm pretty sure it's um, sources close to both of them that have said that it's not true. So yeah. we haven't actually heard an official statement from the head honchos off DC at the moment. Mm-hmm. So... For all we know, this could be true, and come this week, you know, they might make their comment, and boom, this uh, Wonder Woman roller coaster goes on for that week. <laughs> and we'll cover it. We're just going to cover it every single week from now on. It is. Yeah. Just, yeah. Watching very closely. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be the new Fantastic Forecast. Uh, oh, man, around. we keep covering that one. I, I just They need to announce it officially already. Yeah, they do, but I'm, I'm pretty, everything I said last week about Wonder Woman 3 still mm-hmm. stands. Um. They no. should pretty much you covered it as well. They yeah. should just start fresh. You know, there's mm. a whole reason why they they've brought in um, new characters, dropped a lot of characters, and yeah. recast the characters as well. It's because they want to start fresh with their own franchise, and mm-hmm. you know they're taking a bold um, a bold approach in regards to the first chapter by having like not well known um, properties in there, apart yeah. from Batman and Superman. Yeah, and we have Swamp Thing that that's somewhat popular, but people. But people yeah. like Creature Commandos and yeah. um, oh, I forgot what it was called. That's how forgettable it is. Paradise, Paradise Lost. Yeah, you know, not no one's ever heard of that. They'll yeah. be like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah. Um. So they're clearly taking um. That it, it seems like as if they're trying to build on the wider um mm. universe and then not start narrowing it down. Um, yeah. That's what I think that they might do. Um, yeah. Whereas Marvel just went narrow and then. So, yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a very interesting direction to take the DCU. And I don't, I don't want them to start with these little characters, uh, and then just go to your Justice League. You need to have these little characters be around for a while. If if they're starting out the slate that they've announced, Justice League shouldn't be in it for at least two chapters, at least probably three chapters. Yeah. Keep all the big players out because you're gonna have the problem uh, that Marvel's having now, where they got all the big players, and now they're introducing you know just a fuck ton of. Little. little players. I don't know why I'm calling them players at this point, but um, just ca- not well-known characters. And you're swamped with way too many characters and the importance of which one. And, you know, is Harry Styles going to show up again? Or is Roy Kent, um, <laughs> that God guy playing? Brett Goldstein. Yeah, oh, just all this stuff. And, uh, yeah. So I hope they don't run to that trap. They keep it well-contained and they um, have a story that flows amongst all the movies and builds it up to something where it can all connect later on down the line. Yeah. Well, uh, moving on from DC and on to Marvel. It's a trend that we always have on the it show. It is, eh? Yeah, there's like always it's all, something. One or the other. <laughs> Get, like three certainties in life, death, taxes, and us discussing Marvel <laughs> or DC on the podcast. Oh, so true. <laughs> like, anyway, Adam Devine, for those of you that don't know him, he's a comedy actor. Um, He's been in stuff like... um. I know he's been on Modern Family. I think it's Mike and Dave's Wedding Dates or something yeah, like that. Benny Wedding Dates, yeah. Yeah. 
um, stuff like that, you know, like mm. those sort of teeny comedies. Um, yeah. He's come out and saying Marvel has ruined um, comedy films because the smaller comedies can't compete with Marvel's big budgets. He's um, come out and saying, um, why would the average moviegoer spend their money on a $40 million mid-range sort of comedy budget when they can go and see a $200 million Marvel property for pretty much the same ticket price? Um, and obviously he got a lot of criticism mm-hmm. for this uh, comments and whatnot. And he... <laughs> <laughs> We should ne- we'll never speak about this ever again because we just trip up whenever we say our, our phrases that we often say. We do. <laughs> anyway, when he got criticized, he put out a different statement saying that um he that his statement was taken out of context. He was more saying it and more um directing it towards the studios. Um who's try like the comedy studios who's trying to compete with Marvel. Mm-hmm. They're saying um they've pretty much stopped making big um, or mid-budget comedies because what's the point if they're just going to get blown away by a Marvel property? Um, so what are your thoughts on his comments, not just in regards to Marvel taking a, taking away comedy, but just in terms of is he right about, you know, people not showing up to comedy films? Mm, I, this is a tough one to to discuss because there is a lot of layers to what he's saying and there is not one true answer to it. You, if you want to explore this question and really dive deep into try and get the answer, you you have to go far beyond. Oh, it's just comedy. There's just yeah, there's just so many layers to it. With with Adam Devine though, um, I found found out a story about him today that I'm that I'll share. Um, in 1995, um, when he was 11, he was walking his bicycle across the road, and a four or a, a cement truck ran over him, struck him. Yeah. 42 ton truck rolled over him and he slid 150 meters. Yeah. He was knocked unconscious, fell into a coma, woke up two weeks later, had every bone in both of his legs um, broken, collapsed lung and developed multiple infections. And over the years, he's had 26 surgeries, spent much of his time in a wheelchair. And he was at risk of having his legs amputated or an organ failure. Um, but yeah, apparently why he didn't die is because the bicycle took uh, a lot of the force from the, from the, um, the collision. Um, but yeah, no, he, he's been struggling. He struggled with that for like a lot of his life. And when he returned to school, he experienced bullying because of it, but he told jokes as a way to deflect attention away from his injuries. And he just said that those experiences helped him see that, you know, comedy was a way to bring people together. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a nice little um, segue into, into this conversation as well. Because he obviously finds uh, comedy as a source of comfort and he's probably uncomfortable with the fact that he can't do that as much now based on what these comments are saying. So, yeah, like, I, I, I don't like the idea of him blaming Marvel for the lack of comedies because he's just using that as a as a platform to um i guess victimize himself in a way because he's directly affected by the lack of comedy movies uh in my my humble opinion i don't think he's a good comedy actor i don't think he's a good actor in general um i actually find him very irritating in anything that i see (laughs) uh so thank you marvel but um (laughs) now on a serious note i i don't think he's right but i think he has a point 
And I think his point should open up a conversation um, just how far uh, the whole, or really what Marvel's done to the entire film industry. Because it's not just about producing $200 million movies and everyone just goes to see that and then they don't see anything else for the rest of the year. That's so clearly not true. It's the fact that all the other studios try to mimic it. You know, we saw DCU try to do something. We saw Universal with their, their monster cinematic universe that barely started. And now we're going to see, you know, Mattel doing their cinematic universe. And then, you know, you can go further and say like Disney live actions. Now everyone's recreating their properties. Animated becomes live action. Live action becomes animated. Mm-hmm. It's just a circle of IP driven media just being pushed in different interpretations all around it. And that is what is destroying comedies. Because there's no IP-driven comedies, like pure comedies I'm, I'm talking about. Marvels aren't, they're, they're not pure comedy at all. So everything's been IP-driven because that makes money. People are seeing it because they have nothing else to see. And then studios are thinking like, oh, yeah, they want this because they're spending money. It's like, no, they have nothing else to see because that's all that's there is IP stuff. So, yeah, that's just, it, it's a very it's a very <laughs> deep conversation to get into. But Marvel kickstarted that revolution of IP-driven media, just, you know, steamrolling the entire industry. And I think we really have seen a real divide in, you know, the big budget and low budget films. The mid-budget movies, they often swing either way. It's very, it's quite rare now we get that kind of mid-level budget. I don't see much, you know, 80 millions and... 70 millions it's either you know under 50 or above 150 um we we get some that come through you know obviously barbie and oppenheimer and gran turismo and stuff like that but yeah uh even like i guess horror films have actually stayed because ip again you know the conjuring universe is half the horror industry at this point um got the nun 2 coming out yeah (laughs) or or it's halloween and stuff like that yeah. But in terms of comedy IP, there is none, at least that I can't think of right now or that I've seen. Hangover would be the probably the closest or 21 Jump Street. You got stuff like that, but audiences don't jump onto comedy sequels. They don't care about, you know, the side project of, you know, Doug and The Hangover. Or <laughs> they don't want to see spinoffs or reboots or they, they just want comedy movies. But I do think there is a market for comedy movies because we saw No Hard Feelings do it. That did pretty all right. Oh, Joyride didn't do well. Um, there's another comedy out recently, I believe. Yeah, anyone I could think of was Joyride. Joyride, yeah. I mean, maybe I'm mistaken. But yeah, they are, they are much rarer now. And I do think it's a, it's something that may come back. But with comedy also rom-coms they're not around anymore um you know you're on the chat today like romance movies in general have just been at an all-time low so it's just this new direction and like i said i think everything's just ip driven i I know i've rambled on for so long i apologize (laughs) um but like i said it's a very very deep conversation it is i think he has a point as well and Mm. i also think that um there is a market out there for comedies, as you said, you know, I mean, 
Joy Joyride was received very well by critics and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it's just the general audience; they just didn't go and want to see it. But yeah. um, no hard feelings, I guess that because it had um, Jennifer Lawrence attached to it, mm-hmm. so that's a big name. Yeah. Um, so everyone went and saw that. Mm. So I think, um, and I haven't seen it, but you haven't. You said it was a pretty good film. <clears throat> it's it's a fun movie, man. Yeah. If if a comedy is funny, then it's done its job. You're gonna have a good time with a comedy if it's funny. Yeah, you you don't need the writing to be you don't have you need to have you don't have have like deep intricate characters or anything. No, just a good time. Yeah, yeah. So I think there is a market for comedy films. I mean, I know that um, Vacation Friends, John Cena's comedy little thing. Um, that, we saw the first one, eh? Yeah. yeah. The second one's coming out, uh, or there's been a trailer or a teaser for that. So yeah, obviously yeah. that film did something right for it to garner a, a sequel, you know? Yeah. And say same with like Bad Mums and mm. um, Daddy's Home, you know, like. They're not that good off a um, movie per se, yeah. but they're still doing something to get those sequels. Um, it might be rarer nowadays, um, but there's obviously a clear market for that. And if you have a very good comedy, then you can comedy you can strike gold, and you know a lot of people will come and flock to those screens and watch that product. And then that could be like the revival. But um, yeah. the studios are just giving up without giving up without like you know giving a fight or mm-hmm. putting interest into these projects. Then. Yeah. It's going to become like the rom-coms where they just basically become extinct, which yeah. is stupid. But I mean, like you see my point just before, because you're talking about, you know, comedies that are around They're Like, again, they're all sequels. <laughs> yeah. Like the original comedies are just so rare now. You just, you just don't get them. Yeah. I thought now. Joyride was going to be like, be like that, you know, like the game breaker, but obviously people didn't, um, take it, it released much. at a terrible time. Yeah. But, I think, um, you know, because Adam Devine, uh, he took back his comments from the audience because uh, he got a lot of backlash for it and, and he put blame more on the studio. I think he's right to put some blame on the audience as well. Perhaps not this uh, summer movie season because a lot of the IP stuff has flopped and we've seen some um, really big breakout hits from non-IP stuff. Barbie's kind of IP driven. Um, and so, same with Mario, of course. but. Yeah, so there is some blame to the audience for showing up to bland, mediocre, IP-driven stuff because you th- that's telling the studios this is what the consumers want. Mm-hmm. There's blame on both sides, and we can't hide that fact. So, yeah, I, I do think I do think there's blame on both sides, but it, it's a very tricky conversation. And I think Barbenheimer. If it does well at the the Oscars, it has a big presence there. And, you know, Barbie's going to finish top of the box office chart. Oppenheimer could finish third in the year. Um, I think that's going to raise a lot of eyebrows among studios and be like, okay, maybe they do want some originality or interesting stuff. Or maybe we should hire directors with creative vision and let them do what they need to do and yeah. step out of the way. So let's hope that changes things. Yeah. Yeah. All right, speaking of uh, IP-driven content, the next one we're getting is from, you guessed it, DC. Back to DC. Back to DC. <laughs> and that's Blue Beetle. Um, we, we all pretty much wrote, up, wrote off Blue Beetle before we even saw anything for it. But uh, we've gotten reactions le- uh, recently for it, um, and they've been somewhat overwhelmingly positive. You know, um, mm-hmm. People have been saying that the action sequences are amazing. Um, it's focused on family and believing in yourself. Um, it's the best DC movie of the modern era. It's quite up there with the first Wonder Woman. And they're saying it's very culturally um, significant towards the Latino um, 
community. Mm-hmm. Um, so do these recent sort of comments make you more interested in Blue Beetle by a little bit more? I'm not going to say excited, but just interested? No. <laughs> Blocked. <laughs> <laughs> no, not not at all. Um, do you know why? Why, James? The Flash. Oh, yeah. That movie was like pushed forcefully pushed onto every corner of the internet that I could see about how amazing it was. One of the best comic book films ever done. The best DC movie since the dark Knight. And I heard all of this and then Tom Cruise loved it. I still need to know what he was on when he watched that movie. James Gunn. I know why he would say it's good. Stephen King loved it. And then you get all these fans saying the same thing. And you come out of it and you're like, damn, that was deeply average. There's some good moments in it for sure. But yeah, it's very average. Um, and I don't even say anything about the CGI. The internet has covered that off pretty clearly. <laughs> but um, yeah, the box office was telling for it. So this, no, this doesn't um, help me in any way, shape or form. If reviews come out and it's 95%, then yeah, cool. I get excited then. Um, because even the reviews for The Flash, we heard so much about how good it was. The reactions were great. Everyone mm-hmm. out of CinemaCon was loving it. Um, and then the, you know, the critic reviews come out and it's like 70 something percent. It's like, oh, not as good as I had seen, but it's all right. Yeah. Um, and then you watch the extra product and you're like, oh, this is punching a bit. Yeah. I thought it was around that six to seven out of 10 mark. I think it's a competent movie, but that's at best. Uh, so yeah, no, this, this doesn't elevate my excitement anymore, but I'm really not, um, I wouldn't say that I'm not interested in Blue Beetle at all. I'm quite excited to see kind of this movie just because it is, you know, as we discussed before, it's a, um, an unknown comic book character and it seems kind of lighthearted and, and family focused. It's just a kind of different kind of superhero movie. And yeah. it's one that's kind of gets my interest. You know, you know what you're going to get with The Flash now. Shazam was exactly the same as the first one. So... Yeah, Blue Beetle might be like the most interesting one. And if it is good, then you know, that that's a welcome thing. At the end of the day, I want all movies to be good, even though it's kind of funny because, you know, I don't think the trailers have been very impressive and it's kind of looked poor so yeah. far. I think all the trailers have been like pretty much very similar. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the marketing, I don't I think the marketing's been terrible, honestly. Like I struggle to get excited for it because they're not giving me anything to get excited for. Yeah, but these reactions—they are something. But no, I, I do not change my excitement at all. I learned my lesson very, <laughs> very harshly with the Flash, and I—if I—if I had all the time in the world, I'd go back and find everyone that made like a oh, greatest comic book movie ever, top five, been the oh, been the Dark Knight. I'd go find all those people and ask them what they were, what they were on. I'd smack them. <laughs> <laughs> like you're an idiot. Like why would you say that? Some of the stuff I heard, man. <laughs> But yeah, I think I'm on the same boat as you. I, I, it's given me sort of Shazam one vibes, you know, like well, Shazam, um, is a more well-known character than Blue Beetle, and mm. um, so has that sort of like you know that unknown sort of presence, you know, has somewhat similar humor, uh, family oriented as well. Yeah. So I feel this is what um, I hope that Blue Beetle cap- captures that magic of that first Shazam and mm-hmm. brings it to this in its own like little spin. Yeah. And I hope, it, hope we do get that. Mm. I I wouldn't really want to see like a world define, you know, consequences sort of thing. 
Yeah. I think um, I, or I'm hoping that Blue Beetle is more personal. Like it's more directed towards the actual character and mm. the consequences will suffer him and his family. Yeah. Which is probably why it's, um, we're getting a lot of stuff saying that it's um, family driven and believing in yourself because obviously he's going to have some doubts yeah. throughout this film. Um, and he'll, mm. we'll see that, see him overcome that. So I think yeah. if it's more like narrow and it's um, sort of storytelling just focused on yeah. the character and his family mm. and him adapting to these weird powers, yeah. um, then I think DC might have a hit on their hands yeah. here. Um, when I mean hit, I mean like something like Shazam, you know? Like, well re- uh, well I, received at least. Yeah, an yeah. unexpected hit. Yeah, that's a really, really good point, man. We see far too many, uh, especially superhero movies, where the whole world's in danger or like the universe is going to implode if they don't do something. We need more personal villain hero interaction. So that that's a yeah. really good point. I think the real question though is, is it going to make a blue billion dollars? Well, moving on to our next topic now. Cause... Well, let's make the next meme real. We did it with Barbie, Barbillion. Sometimes a question might come on, come here on Mondays. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, there's a lot of reasons and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, our next one is, uh, as in our next topic, uh, well, me and James and I will be um, predicting the Rotten Tomato scores for um, some of the major movies coming out for the rest of the year. Um, so pretty much I'm going to, i got a list here. I'm going to say to James, um, the movies one at a time. He's going to give his take on whether it'll be fresh or rotten and um, give out a score. And if he wants, he can dabble into why. Mm-hmm. Um, so first off is Blue Beetle. Sorry, question. Are you going to be doing your prediction? Oh, yes, well? I will. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just so I know whether to ask you yeah. as well. well. We'll go one at a time. Okay. So, oh, Blue Beetle mm-hmm. for Rotten Tomatoes predictions. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be fresh. I think it'll be around 73%. Um, the reactions are good, but we've seen DC reactions before. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think it's around the same mark that a little bit higher than Flash. Um, yeah, 73% I think is a safe bet for that one. Mm. I right agree here. with you. I, th- I think it'll be f- uh, fresh as well. I'm mm-hmm. going to go a touch higher. I'm going to say it's going to be around about that 79 to 83% Ooh. region. If I had to put a number on it, I'm going to say 79 79. But I I think, um, I said it before, you know, Mm. I think this could be like their version of Shazam first one. So hopefully that sticks. Mm -hmm. The next one is Ridley Scott's The Creator. Ridley Scott? Is it Ridley Scott? No. No. um, Gareth Gareth Oh, yes. Yeah. Ridley Scott, where'd you get that one from? I always get I think it's because I was looking at another movie on here. (laughs) (laughs) From Ridley Scott. We'll get to that in a second. But Gareth Edwards, The Creator. Um, Rotten. Ooh. 38%. 38%. I, 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 Ooh. Yeah. That now, it's hard to know because it's so like, it's such an original property that you, it it's pretty hard to know. And I think when you have like big budget stuff like this, they can, they can do really well, but they can also do really bad. Yeah. And maybe the vision is a little bit too much for critics in this one. And it looks nice. It feels nice, but the story might not. Add up. I don't know much about uh, what it's based on um, because I believe it's a novel and I don't know how well received that is or how well known it is. But yeah, I'm, I'm taking a stab in the dark and I'll say, was that, did I say 37? 30 something. The, the, I'll say 39. My official one, 39%. Now it's a, it's a, it's a ballsy, ballsy one. It is. That's interesting. I'm opposite of you. I think it's going to be fresh. Yeah. I think it's going to be like, I love saying this as well. You know, the palate cleanser to Hollywood mm. at, at the moment. I think um, 
everyone's going to want to go see like a original content. I think um, we've been doing that for the last month. Yeah, but palate cleanse on palate cleanser, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, Inception. <laughs> yeah, I think our critics will enjoy this movie more than they are thinking right now. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking probably around about that um, mid seventy range. Pro- I'll probably go seven to four percent. That's where I see this film. Yep. Next one is Five Night at Freddy's. Yeah. Rotten or fresh, James? I oh, this one. This one's hard. Uh, I read something the other day that the cut is like three hours long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if that sticks, then there could be something special in the works of a, of a cut's that long. I, I think that's the first cut though. Ooh, I, I'm going to say rotten and I'm going to lean pretty harshly at around 31%. I sound like a pessimist. I promise I'm not. <laughs> um, I think it's going to be 31%. I think the low reviews will actually help its appeal. And uh, people want to go and see how bad it is. I feel like it's going to be that kind of movie. Uh, yeah, because it's, its source material is just weird. Yeah. I don't get it. Uh, yeah, me neither. I don't think critics will get it either. Yeah, I yeah. agree with you. I think it's going to be in that rotten front. I'll probably say around about 41% for me. Yeah. Um, I think it's just too niche mm. offer. Property and critics will just be like, what are we watching? Yeah. They um, won't know, but all the kids are going to love it. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it a horror? It, 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 yeah, it's like a horror, but Five Nights and Freddy is a, oh, yeah. it's like a kid's horror thing. Yeah. I don't know how to explain <laughs> it. It's how weird it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm safe for my um, 40% sort of thing. Now the next one, Dune Part 2. Fresh or rotten? I'm going to say fresh at... 86%. I mean, yeah, I, I think that's probably a good one. Uh, Dune 1, 83%. Um, so, yeah. What? Sorry, no, I'm just looking at my show notes. And... Did you? No, no, it's fine. All right. Um, what? <laughs> I'll tell you later, man. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, you got you threw me off my game here. Um, yeah, Dune Two, I think eighty eighty six percent. I think it'll be a step up from the original, not by much though. I do think it is a world that some critics can struggle to fully invest in, and I don't know if uh, they're kind of ready for Dune Part Two because it looks like a completely different film. Uh, one was very slow and this one looks like really fast mm-hmm. and action-packed and we didn't get that in the first one and that kind of change in our change in tone and scale might actually negatively affect them but i think overall you're going to have at least 86 percent of critics loving this movie i think it'll be around yeah the 86 percent mark but the average rating will be like you know 8.8 something or oh, something really high yeah maybe not that high but like at least like an eight i think yeah, it'll be really strong. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I think it will be fresh as well. And I'm probably going to go around about that 85%. Mm-hmm. No, 84%. 84%? 84%. I think, yeah, I think the critics are not going to enjoy how action-based this film might mm. be. I, mm. could, I could be wrong, but I think what they loved about the first one was how it's a slow sort of uh, slow burner type story mm-hmm. yeah and i think if this one's just pure action based and there's a lot of action in those trailers as well yeah that might just put them off a bit mm-hmm. um but it's still gonna be a fantastic movie it's gonna sound beautiful and it's gonna look beautiful yeah. at the same time do you think that the 
they've put like all the action in the trailer to entice more people to come out and see it. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Because it, it, it still could be a slow movie and we've just seen like all the action parts and are just kind of stuff that's kind of briefed in the in the teasers and trailers. So, yeah. And we have no idea on the runtime. Could it easily be three hours? It, it really could easily be that long. Yeah. I think it'll probably be around like two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The next one is The Marvels. The Marvels? The Marvels. I can't remember what Captain Marvel was. I think it was in the 70s. 90s, I'm pretty sure. Was it? Pretty sure. Give me one second. Perhaps I was wrong then. Um, I wouldn't be surprised though. I am going to say that the Marvels is fresh. I think it's around a 70. I think it's a 75. I think that's kind of the safe bet. Um, critics are finally um, being a little harsher with MCU properties, uh, which is good. And I think it will take a bit of a hit here. Um, and yeah, just Marvel hasn't been on the game properly for a, for a wee bit now and i think that's going to translate to the marvels obviously i hope it's good but i don't really have much hope i think 75 kind of fits the bill where it's kind of like it's enjoyable it's fun and then you go about your day again kind of thing yeah yeah i was completely wrong at 79 percent the first one ah right yeah yeah okay. um i think it'll be fresh but i think it's gonna be a lot lower mm-hmm. um i think it's gonna be around about the 65 range i think um Disney and Marvel have taken a huge hit right now that they can't get a win. I, yeah. you know, Guardians is the outlier because, you know, you had James Gunn and he's, that's pretty much his baby. But Even that only got like 80-something. Yeah, it's got 82, I think. Yeah, but, um, yeah, I, I don't, the, the trailers for this doesn't seem that enticing. Um, we're getting three different Marvel sort of characters. Um, mm. Something like being bunched up together with no, like, um, real reason for or reason to or we haven't seen them interact with each other um, they yeah. were all just going to be shoving this movie and I think it's just going to be not quite a mess but it's going to be a bit sloppy Yeah, and it's going to swap its way to that 60 mark its way there. <laughs> what a saying Yeah. <laughs> alright the next one is the prequel for the Hunger Games Hunger Games, the Battle of Songbirds and Snakes fresh or rotten this one's a hard one as well I think if it's good, I think it's going to be rated really highly. If I think it's bad, then I think it's going to be really bad. I, I, don't, I don't see an in-between for this movie. <laughs> and you look at the trailer, it, it looks good in terms of visually. It looks, it looks much better than I ever thought it would. And it seems like there's something in this that could be quite special. I don't know if it will work out the way, and we've still got to see on uh, the story. And I know that the story it's based on is not as well received as the Hunger Games series. But I'm going to take a stab in the dark here. I'm going to go fresh at 88%. Oh, I think potentially it could be a Dungeons and Dragons kind of surprise. Right. Because I think that's around like 90%. I don't think as good as that, but I think it could be. I I think one of these movies has to surprise. And on the Rotten Tomatoes side of things, and I think that it can be one of them for sure. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you. I think it's fresh as well. Yeah. I was very tempted to say um, rotten, but then I was like, oh nah. Mm. But Hunger Games like sort of has that pull towards it, but I think it's going to be the low end. I'm I'm going to go around about that sixty nine percent mark. Right. I think the prequel is not going to hit the heights or strike the same with um as the original Hunger Games films did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the critics will have that on their back of their mind because they're obviously going to compare this film to those past four. Yeah, and 
that's not going to live up to that. Uh, could be wrong, but yeah, six to nine percent is where I'm thinking. Fair. Next one is Napoleon, directed by Ridley Scott. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. Um, I blanked. I thought you were going to say something else. Um, Napoleon, um, I'm going to say fresh. Mm-hmm. I will say 78%. 78. Uh, I don't think Ridley Scott's a, the type of director that appeals to every type of critic um and that's not a bad thing and and i'm not saying that ridley scott's a bad director by any means just some directors struggle to connect with certain critics we've seen it with um you know denis villeneuve doing 83 percent um we've seen it with nolan and to sell it's like 73 percent there's always that kind of stuff and i do think napoleon is going to be a good one from Ridley Scott because he is a hit or miss director at this point in, in his uh, directing career. Mm-hmm. And I think this one will be a hit. I think people are going to love it. I think it's going to be good. But I think some of those critics are going to weigh it down and I think it's going to be yeah, around the, what did I say, 70, 78%? Yeah. Yeah, I think around 78%. I'm going to go 10 points higher than you and go 88%. Ooh. That's fresh. I think... Definitely could be for sure. I yeah. think people... The critics and I, I think they're going to be so hooked into Joaquin Phoenix's performance mm-hmm. that I think that's just going to be sticking with them for so long. You're not going to the controversy of his of Joaquin Phoenix being in the role. Oh, I haven't heard any controversy about it because he's not French and oh, he's French, right? Yeah, so <laughs> there could be that, and we know those kind of things do linger on in the minds yes, of some yes. critics. I did forget forget about that. Yeah. No, I'm going to stick to my guns. Fair enough. <laughs> I like it. I respect it. 88% for me. Sign me up. <laughs> Next one is Wonka. Pressure on. I'm going to say Rotten. Rotten. At 57%. Oof. Yeah. I don't know what this movie's going to be. If I was a... a you know, doing this at the start of the year, I would have predicted high end of the 80s, possibly early 90s. But seeing that trailer, and then people were divided over it. I think you're going to see the same thing with critics going to be divided over it as well. There are some parts that uh, look cool, visually interesting, and exciting. And there's some parts where it's like, what's so weird? Um, and like just weird creative decisions. There's the controversy in that movie as well with the Oompa Loompas being CGI um, Hugh Grant and not um, dwarves playing the characters. So that may play into things. But yeah, the fact that they do like a creative decision like Hugh Grant being an Oompa Loompa and CGIing the face onto him, it's kind of a, a warning sign to what's the rest of the movie going to be like. I think it's going to be a divisive movie among critics and audiences, to be honest. Yeah. I can see your points. Mm. I think it's going to sneak into the fresh category. Sneak? I don't like sneaks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I see this being 70%. Uh, I, I think the trailers have not done the film justice. Mm-hmm. I think you also have the Paddington director behind it as well, and he's a fantastic director, you know. Yeah. Both Paddingtons are 100 no, they're both down to 90s. I think they're 99s. 99s. Yeah. That is very fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think 
this director is very capable of that. Um, hopefully it's not like a Damien Chazelle with Babylon where he completely botched it. Yeah. Um, Cause Damien Chazelle had a very good, you know, filmography, um, Rotten Tomatoes score wise. Mm. Um, but yeah, I see it being around around about that 70% mark. Yeah. Right. Next one is Disney. A lot is riding on this one, and that's Wish. Mm. What do you think of this one? Oh, it's fresh. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it'll be fresh, and I think it will be 92. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Animated movies, it's a lot easier to get higher on them. We've seen what happened with Possum Boots and TMNT. You know, 97 percenters. I don't know about that. Um, but there, there are a lot of animated movies that they aren't harshed or they aren't graded very fairly. And they always get like a, a kind of like a, just a bump in Rotten Tomatoes for some reason. I mean, the Minions 2, it's, it's, it's fresh at 70%. So there, there. I think there is a not a bias, but there is like a a little bit of leeway when it comes to animated movies and their Rotten Tomato scores. I think they'll be represented in Wish. I think will be genuinely be good. So I think they'll translate to even higher success. And you know, it, it's going to be up there with um, TMNT, Spider Verse by the by the year's end. Don't think it'll be into the ninety five plus, but the ninety ninety five range. I think is a pretty safe bet for me. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you in the ninety range. Mm. Ninety, I was going to say nineteen. I thought I was going to win that. I thought you were going to lowball it. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. <No>, I... <laughs> That's how I started laughing. As you said ninety, I was like, "Fuck." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think this is going to put Disney back on the map. You know, like they've had so many hours this year. I think this is going to be like Disney at at close to their peak. You know, Frozen sort of levels, as we discussed um mm. on previous podcasts. Um, I think there's going to be um blow people away in that. Short little teaser obviously shows, you know, that it can capture that magic. Um, hopefully they keep that animation style off like that um, half-assed sort of hand-drawn cartoony sort of look because I think that is so um, underrated nowadays because mm-hmm. everyone prefers that 3D animation. But yeah. hand-drawn cartoons is just so fantastic. We saw that yeah. with Spider-Verse and now mm-hmm. Team NT. Yeah. So, yeah, 90%. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. And the next one, if it does not get delayed. It won't be delayed. <laughs> it won't be delayed. Is Aquaman 2. I completely, I forgot the tagline. The Lost Kingdom. The Lost Kingdom. That's, That's how forgettable it is right now. But Aquaman 2. What do you think it is? I thought everything going on with this film. Fresh or rotten? Uh, rotten, 15%. Oh wow, that low! <laughs> <laughs> All right, look, I ha- I have my reasons. Um, people for the most part like the first Aquaman, mm-hmm. at least enjoyable. Got sixty five percent, and that was a competent movie. And I thought like some of the you know shots in it were stunning. I thought for the most part it looked like a really nice movie. And it had a billion. And it had a billion. Yeah, like so there was so much going right with that movie, and only sixty five percent. Um, and you hear. It's doing reshoots like a few weeks ago and it releases in four months. Like, and we haven't seen anything. And the yeah. only behind the scenes footage we've, or behind the scenes sort of photos we've seen was like three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. They were released ages ago. Yeah. And it's the last one in DCU, isn't it? It ends with Aquaman. Yes. Yeah. Final so man in the coffin. It, it ends everything. Um, you got the Amber Heard controversy. They'll rub the wrong way on some critics, I bet. Um, 
yeah, you're going to have rushed CGI. You're going to have a messy production. You're going to have a company that kind of doesn't care about this movie because they're starting fresh anyway. So something that they're just going to push out, take the L, and then move on with their lives. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see this movie doing anything uh, impressive. And I don't see the movie being good. And I really just don't think anyone cares. I know that um, James Wan was, I think, yeah, he was hospitalized recently. So he's going through his own stuff. And, you know, when you're going through that stuff, I, you're thinking more about your health than some upcoming movie. Yeah. So, yeah, there's just too much mess with this. I don't see it getting, uh, getting better. I think DCU is going to end on a... Sour note. Uh, yeah, a very sour note. Yeah. A rotten note. I'm with you, but not that low. <laughs> I'm being harsh to that one. I, I know you uh, are. We'll see. Um, it's definitely going to be a rotten, and I think it's going to be around about that 33%. Um, yeah. I think you've covered it. Like the controversy with Amber Heard, you know, the messiness of like the multiple reshoots, the mm-hmm. poor test screenings for all, for the however many they've had so far, two or three. Um, I think it's just going to be an absolute mess of a product when we've seen its final form. Mm-hmm. We're going to have um, Warner Brothers chiming in with their two cents. James Wan just want to be like, let me just capture the magic of the first, you know. Mm-hmm. But Warner Bros. is going to be like, no, you have to do this and this and this and you need to have this, this and this. Um, obviously, they're trying to trim it down to have as less Amber Heard in it as well. That's yep. a negative because mm-hmm. you're pretty much stripping out like a main part of this original story too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's not looking good. Mm. Well, I mean, like, remember the whole Ezra Miller thing? Like, you saw in a bunch of critic reviews, they, they were mentioning Ezra Miller's like, past affairs and stuff yeah. like that and you can tell it kind of went into the negative uh you know perspective of the movie so i think you're going to see that with amber heard here as well yeah well thankfully amber heard's only supporting not a main whereas israel was a main yeah, yeah yeah we'll see what happens with that role though it will be interesting All but right. yeah i have heard that it's not going to be delayed like i think Warner brothers came out and said they're going to release it anyway i wonder if they, they should show a trailer soon yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Just what a disaster it's going to be. Yeah. And what if it turns out good? That's going to be even more hilarious. That is the definition of a Cinderella story. <laughs> if it hits like 90, I'm going to say 85 plus, a, a billion dollars, you know, this is the greatest success story. <laughs> We're not Jay, rebooting anymore. <laughs> James Gunn, Peter Safran, you're fired. <laughs> Zack Snyder, come on back, buddy. On back. And no, that's not an invitation for your Snyder people to come in. But, uh, Names start. banned you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, we, we can dream. At the end of the day, I think I speak for me and you that we want every movie to be good. But sometimes you got to look at the, how things have led up to the release and just know that it's not going to be it's good. It's not going to be good. Yeah. But we can hope. Speaking of good, well, it's Talk To Me. That was a very good horror film. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I are not a fan of the genre and we genuinely enjoyed it. Our experience throughout that movie was shit because mm-hmm. um, of teenagers. But, um, <laughs> but oh, yeah, 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 we, we, we really found that to be quite an enjoyable movie. Mm-hmm. And now there's um, talks of a, of a sequel on its way. That, that's it. The, yep. It's just a sequel on its way. Mm-hmm. No other details. We don't know who there's going to be the cast, when, or what it's about, or the director. Yeah. It's just a sequel. Um, Peter Jackson has said, um, not sure if you saw it, you probably have. Um, mm-hmm. He watched Talk to Me and he, Thought it was a fantastic um, horror film as well. Yeah. Um, so what are your thoughts on the sequel um, coming out? Um, are you excited for it? And what would your thoughts be on Peter Jackson possibly directing? Peter Jackson directing. The, the news is that the directors of the first one are doing this. Oh, they are? They are, yeah. Uh, 
Okay, that's, I'm still going to ask the same question. <laughs> I, I will answer that question because it is a very interesting one. Um, to, to clarify my uh, perspective on the horror genre, though, no, I don't hate horror. I hate bad horror, and that is most horror. So if there's a good horror movie, like Talk to Me, then I like horror, but most of them are just bad. So in general, I kind of do dislike them. That is my stance on it. Um, but yeah, I, I really did like Talk to Me. I thought it was um, there were some genuine scares in there, and just a really fun concept. And the, and the payoff at the end was really well executed, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but with the sequel, it's I can look at it in two different ways. You know, um, again, IP driven stuff because uh, now it's an IP. But the same directors are on board. It is a twenty four, so I have uh, good faith that they are going to do a good job with this. Uh, from what I know, they have thought of the sequel um, prior to the first one releasing. Like they, they, I read the interview and they were saying like, um, we always had ideas on what a sequel would look like if we had the opportunity to do one and now they do because mm-hmm. it is getting a lot of success. They, they might have a bigger budget to play with as well. They've actually recorded a prequel of Talk To Me um, and it's based on the character in the very opening scene. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So th- it was a super low budget project they did, and they said they might be able to release that one day. I uh, hope they do. Yeah, it would be interesting. But yeah, no, I, I'm I'm excited for it. And as long as you know the directors are the ones that did the first one, then yeah, I'm, I'm fully on board. Like to see what they can do with it. But you know, you, you kind of look at stuff like this, especially sequels, and you're like, mm, is it a good idea? Should it be left alone? Mm-hmm. And sometimes, sure, but then there's some. There are some surprises, and I think if these directors are, you know, passionate with their horror film base or um, film franchise, then I think they can execute multiple times. So we'll have to see. It was their directorial debut. As for Peter Jackson directing it, <laughs> um, yeah, it was interesting that he he did really enjoy it because he was saying the same thing about he doesn't really like horrors. Yeah. Um, and because they're not really well done and this one was good so peter jackson directing a horror movie i'd be on board with it i don't really understand peter jackson as a director anymore he swings and flows I can't in the weird la- yeah what direction. was the last thing he directed i know he did a, a color restoration of um a war documentary uh, about five six years ago um the hobbit yeah, he did. He did the Hobbit movies. He almost did King Kong, Lord of the Rings. But yeah, just kind of, he has really good stuff and really bad stuff. Yeah, I would love to gauge his uh, where he's at as a director now in the horror genre. I think that'd be particularly interesting. So if you know if they're doing a third one or a spinoff or any kind of horror movie in the Talk to Me kind of franchise, then I'm fully on board with Peter Jackson. I think that'd be really fun. Yeah. Because he's more of a fantasy sort of director, you know. He's done Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, The Lovely Bones as well. And he, I think he was a producer or something on um, World Engines as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very close. To so he, he's really sticking to, same as Denis Villeneuve, how he's purely sci-fi, he's purely pretty much mm-hmm. um, fantasy. So if he's game to like direct a horror film, it would be awesome because you can see something different off him. And yeah. possibly he could be one of those directors that, you know, have a hit in both or multiple genres. Yeah. Um, so it'll be awesome to see him in that. In terms of a Talk To Me sequel, I'll be excited for it. 
Um, I wouldn't really want it to be based in Australia. I'd like to mm. see like the hand go to another continent. Maybe not America, but like, I don't know. New Zealand? I said another continent. <laughs> you don't want to include it? Why, why not New Zealand? We're part of Australasia. Yeah, I, I know that. Um, but like, why not New Zealand? Because it's pretty much the same, same as Australia. Debatable, considering how much you dislike Australia. Yeah, but that's because of rivalry. <laughs> rivalry. <laughs> I just have to. But like so, something like, I don't know, like Asia, that'll be so interesting. Or even mm. Africa. We've barely seen African movies, like a, yeah. a horror film in Africa. That'll be insane. Because well, where did it end? Hmm? Where did it end? Was it, it was some, it was a Spanish country, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yes, it does. Yeah, yeah. South America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. South America. If it could open up straight away after that, that would be kind of sick. So similar to how the first one um, opened up and then it went to a different continent, or do you want to keep it based in the um, South America? No, you know how the the main girl mm-hmm. in the movie, she talks to the South Americans? Oh, uh, yeah. It kind of just starts with those characters. Or in South America, I guess, yeah. Oh, yeah. But just carrying that hand throughout wherever it goes. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Cool. Yeah, I think that would be cool, like, seeing, like, this hand, like, create havoc amongst like multiple continents mm. so um, i'd really like to see um talk to me go to like a different continent and explore that culture in terms of how they perceive this yeah. sort of fantastical mm-hmm. horror thing yeah <laughs> <laughs> um speaking of sequels we have another one probably unwanted and it's called uncharted mm-hmm. um so sony has come out saying that they're definitely looking to make another uncharted Uncharted movie, according to the producer, um, Charles Rovin. Um, he said that he had a lot of fun making the first film and that both fans of the game and the people who haven't played the game enjoyed the film. Don't see it, but okay. And then, yeah, so he's speaking on behalf of fans of both the um, general audience and the gaming audience. Um, have, you, have you seen Uncharted? I have. You have, okay, yep. we both have. Mm-hmm. Um, have you played the games? Uh, like not like from beginning to end. Okay. Yeah. So based on the stuff you've played, if you can remember it and what you, um, saw from the movie, mm-hmm. would you be game for this? Yeah. For Uncharted I, sequel? I think so. Um, yeah, I, I see you going on, on Twitter, um, <laughs> saying, oh, no one wants this kind of thing. And I disagree. I want it. Um, I had no problems with the first one. I thought it was a fun, decent adventure movie. Um, I don't think it's nearly as bad as um, kind of what you're what you're claiming here. <laughs> the The audience score is around ninety percent, so there is a clear segment of people that did enjoy it. And you know, obviously, fans of the game are always going to turn up. Um, the first movie ended with um, you know, kind of revealing that his brother Sam um, Sam Drake what, is still alive. Mm-hmm. So that's how it would play into things. And I think. Um, I think you could continue, I th- or I think there is a story to be continued here. So it, it's not just a, a forceful um, telling of, you know, another adventure in the Uncharted kind of universe. I think it is, it can genuinely flow and have a natural story and follow on from the, some of the, the narrative threads that have opened up in the, in the first Uncharted movie. But yeah, I, I don't think it's a, it's a great movie. I just thought it was a fun adventure movie, but far f- off from like a you know a Spielberg esque kind of adventure movie. Yeah, but that was similar to like the early Indiana, Indiana Jones stuff. Um, a long way to go, but I do believe they could easily uh, 
refine the screenplay and develop the characters a little bit better. And I think I think they could make a good movie in the future. The games have been good in the past, so there's no reason why they can't translate that, that over, especially as we're starting to see you know, video games, um, video game adaptions actually be quite good, good now. Yeah. yeah, so there is potential here, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I think because <laughs> I think because I played the game, I didn't quite games. I haven't quite. I didn't quite enjoy it. I think mm-hmm. they brought elements of the different of all three, four different games into it. You know, I mean, one of the sequences was from Uncharted Three. Yeah, um, yeah. The plane sequence. Um, me personally, I think if you're gonna adapt a video game, you literally have the screenplay there in the mm. game, ten to fifteen hours worth. Yeah, just make it work and adapt that i mean we saw it last of us and everyone loved that mm-hmm. um and i hope they do that with um god of war if they fuck that up i'm gonna be so mad but <laughs> I, I i trust amazon because they've given us the boys and in invincible so yeah i trust them to do mm-hmm. that justice um but yeah i think it's just the fact that they're trying to they're pretty much making an adventure film but having the uncharted name on it and the characters yeah rather than actually properly adapting the game yeah. I think that's probably what video game adaption should be is adapting the game and the story mm-hmm. rather than trying to make your own new one. Yeah. Um, in terms of the sequel, I'll probably end up going to see it because who knows, they probably could have learned from their mistakes and the criticisms of the first one and, mm-hmm. you know, strip back and go back to their roots. Yeah. I think another reason why I didn't like it was because of the casting. Um, Mark Wahlberg as Silly and Tom Holland as Nathan Drake, they didn't quite, they, if you play the games, they don't look or they feel. Yeah, that they are quite different to the counterparts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was. I think that, like, just watching that just instantly takes you away. Especially mm. if you've played all the games, you're just like, oh, what is this? This is just so weird. Yeah, um, I felt like they tried to choose some of the best moments from the games in terms of the action sequences. Yeah, and oh, we'll immediately put it in the film without considering the potential for future ones. Exactly. But they have left narrative threads open, and if they can capitalize on that, then it could be a little bit better. It could but be. I reckon just they can create new action sequences that aren't in the game. You can easily do that. Yeah. But I just keep the characters and the kind of the story the same. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next one is we recently, I think last week, wrapped out our um, New Zealand International Film Festival. Um, James and I both saw around about 10 movies each. Mm -hmm. Um, So, James, what were your top three Favorite films, not the films that you think are the best, but your just personal favorite films of this film festival for us. My favorites, eh? Favorites can start from three, two, one. Three, two, one. Yeah. Um, I I still haven't made up my mind, honestly. Oh, um, then just spitball your three favorites. Spitball. Oh yes, okay, I got it. Mm-hmm. My list. Are you going to rank them? I'm going to rank them. Awesome. I think it makes it more fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a little bit, little bit more juicy. At number three, it breaks my heart to put this one so low. Good boy. <laughs> um, it's funny because I saw this being um, advertised on IGN, the, the first trailer released, and they were posting about it and people were talking about it. I'm like, wow. Now, now that I've seen this movie, people are going to start talking about it. I thought it would be hidden forever. I think people will talk about it after they see the movie too. Yeah, I, this movie, it, it's such a fun time. Um, it's, <laughs> it's all kinds of fucked up. It's very weird, uh, but it's actually quite good. 
And it, it's, I'm not going to say it's like a horror or a thriller. It's kind of just a weird blend of mixture and you kind of just... Comedy horror thriller. Yeah, you have all these kind of different emotions and, and feelings while watching it. Like it's sometimes it's, it's funny, but it's cringe and then it's weird and then it's kind of um, sad. And you just kind of go through all this kind of like all these motions and then by the end of it, you're just like, what the fuck? Yeah, and it, 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 as far as movie experiences go, I think Good Boy was you know definitely up there, probably one of the biggest uh, movie experiences of that film festival. So that's why I put it so high. Um, second, Past Lives. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's actually it was actually really hard to rank these because a top five would have been a lot easier. Um, but at second place, I got Past Lives. I thought this movie was brilliant. It's not a movie that hit me straight away it's a movie that kind of it took its time to really for me to get a a bit of appreciation from it once i started thinking about it and thinking about how the movie transpired and kind of the the deeper meanings to it and especially what um celine song was saying to us at the q a yeah it's just um one that's really grown on me and i just i really love almost every element of the movie and i think it's such a such a real human story, which is what I really like as well. Um, and at number one, uh, <laughs> my number one is May, December. Um, I think this is by far and away the best one of the film festival for me. Uh, in terms of just quality, it was the most interesting. It's the one that I feel like I could talk about and discuss with somebody for the most, um, for the, for the longest amount of time. I think the characters are interesting. It's it's written. Um, it, it's very compelling in the way it's written. Um, yeah, I th- the acting, it's it's a powerhouse from three different actors there. Um, Charles Mountain, Julian Moore, and Nellie Portman are all just phenomenal in it. I think the directing is really good as well. I think the editing is, is strong and how it lays out and balances the story. And yeah, just it's... It's and it's kind of like its own version of fucked up, but it's like it's it's really good, and I think it has a bit of a better payoff than like something what the like good boy did, and it may not be the emotionality that past lives has, but it has that kind of very interesting um, element where you kind of peel back the the layers on these characters in the story and discuss it a little bit deeper than something like past lives. Yeah. So yeah, that is my ranking. It's a good, good list. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. What are yours? Mine. Well, for me, number three is Past Lives. Nice. I couldn't relate to it as much as other people because, you know, I didn't have that sort of connection of what the, or I couldn't understand that connection of um, how the film played out because I've never been in that situation, but I could definitely. Us. But I could. <laughs> Sorry, I'm sorry. I just had to include that one in there. Oh, <laughs> but I could definitely feel the emotion in it, especially yeah. in that last scene, you know, because like it was being teased about this certain character mm-hmm. not doing this certain something, and at the end they actually do it, and it just really impacts you so much because you're like, oh, you're feeling this emotion from her, mm. um, that you start to feel it as well. Yeah. Um, and I think the acting in it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, both the main character and the husband and mm-hmm. even the um childhood sweetheart as well. They all did fantastic as well. And Celine Song's um 
direction, cinematography, and screenplay was fantastic as well, and the score yeah. was great. So I think that that's why I really enjoyed it. Yeah, fair enough. Number two for me was How to Have Sex. Interesting. Yeah, uh, I think I really enjoyed that film because it was. I wasn't expecting the message to be what it showed. If you know what I mean? Like yeah. I didn't expect the movie to go into that sort of route. Yeah. And it actually had like a good and um, message to say, mm-hmm. you know, um, not that it's a good message. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I know, <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah. like I thought the way that it was played out, you know, was very, very great. I mean, I've never mm-hmm. walked out of a movie with a hangover before, but this, oh. this is definitely one. Yeah. That was tough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think also because the, Music selection is um, right up my alley um, mm-hmm. with EDM, and I think most of the songs in there was pretty much what I listened to, so I think I could connect it with it more. Yeah. I think the uh, main actress in it was absolutely fantastic. I mm-hmm. um, haven't seen her in anything else, and I definitely hope she's in a lot more stuff because I think she has a lot of potential as a future actress as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my, num- yeah. my number one favorite was River. River, wow. It was River, Whoa. yeah. <laughs> I really like yeah. the concept of it. So it's basically like it's basically like mm. Groundhog Day, except except off instead of a day, it's every two minutes. Yeah. Um, and I think like yeah. the whole cast was just fantastic to watch. It was very enjoyable to watch. The comedy yeah. was really funny at some times. Mm-hmm. Um there's a particular scene where a guy experiments because he knows he's gonna Oh. Um, he knows that time's going to come back for him and it's just hilarious to watch everyone's reactions and then him explain his reasoning for it and everyone's reactions from that it's really good and I really like the whole how it resets every two minutes and every two mm. minutes you get something different Yeah, you know it just like each two minutes is with different characters and then same characters but different characters within those two characters Yeah. Um, so I thought I've yeah I've really enjoyed it. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, it is brilliant in its own way. Yeah. For that movie, uh, though, I think the, the ending was just a little bit yeah. too goofy. It kind of just threw me out of it. But yeah. yeah. So that, that's probably what I, I was thinking, too. I think mm. the ending was it leaned, well, it is a sci-fi sort of film, but it was a bit too far in sci-fi. Yeah. Um, but everything before that was fantastic. And it's nice to see, like, a time loop movie where it's not just based on a day and resets and it's only focused on one particular character. Mm. Like this whole entire region was affected and yeah. we saw everyone's reactions to this and everyone losing their minds. Makes it so much more interesting, eh? Yeah. yeah. If, Definitely. If you had to put a top five in there, because I think How to Have Sex and River would round out my top five, mm-hmm. possibly contending with Anatomy of a Fall, not Monster. Um, yeah, what, what do you think would make those final two spots? Sports. Do I either rank them or just just chucking ideas? I think Good Boy will be in there, mm-hmm. and I think Monster will sneak in there as well. Monster, I am. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Yeah, definitely not reality. Movies are one of the highest rated movies of the year, man. Yeah, I, I know. You gotta I, love it. I know it is, but I just I just couldn't get into it. When's I tried best so hard. picture? If it does, I'll be like, wow, this is like the best picture that I just had zero interest in. <laughs> All right, we're good. We've shared our top three off the New Zealand Film Festival. It was a good program, though, that they ran. Because it was. Now looking at it, there's a, at least eight there that I like. Yeah, and it was good. good. And it was a big film festival for us as well, considering it's like the first one since um, 2019 was our last one, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and it's then, been a while. Yeah, so yeah. The, um, you could clearly see that the um, organizers had so much fun doing it and were very passionate with their film selections as well. And yeah, it translated to their. What was, well. what was your worst one? Well, 
I want to I want to get your get your take on this. Oh, the, the film oh, from the film festival. Sorry, yeah. That I don't like. Yeah. Hi. What do we see? So there is reality. We have got loop track. Um, fallen leaves that hasn't been mentioned either. Anatomy of a Fall. I liked um, Anatomy of a Fall and Loop mm. Track. So it's reality. May, December for you, potentially. And no, Fallen Leaves. I, I can respect um, May, December, and there were elements of it I did, I did, <laughs> I did like. <laughs> I think as bored as I was in um, reality, I think Fallen Leaves takes takes the one I didn't enjoy the most just because nothing really sticked. You know, these characters didn't have a connection. You couldn't see it. The jokes were bad. The acting was so bland at sometimes as well when they're trying to make a joke. It was just, it was just, it felt so forceful and I don't know why it's getting so much like praise. hundred mm-hmm. percent, man. Yeah. Is that, is that yours as well? Fallen Leaves would be the worst yeah. one. You know, I didn't like that movie. I came out of it very strongly afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually really like everything else that we saw, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. They're all very good in their own ways. Yeah. Even if reality is slow. Yeah. yeah. Luckily, yeah. it's short. Thank God it was short. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's also because the Warriors were playing that day and uh, my mind was set on that because I was actually going to go to that game. Imagine how much um, you would like Good Boy if that wasn't Warriors time either. No, because I actually watched it, so it was fine. Oh, afterwards. Huh? Afterwards. What do you mean afterwards? Because we watched it during the game. Oh, yeah, but I still got to see some, some oh, of the right. game, so I knew how the game was going to play out. Yeah. Just so bitter. I've not seen the Warriors. He hates a movie. <laughs> like, fuck reality. <laughs> you deprived me of my one true, like, hobby. <laughs> All right, guys, that's enough memeing and enough uh, Warriors talk for one podcast because <laughs> you guys will get a whole lot more in a few weeks. No. So that will do us on the Let's Real podcast. Hope you all enjoyed the show we've been listening from. If you have any questions about this episode, be sure to hit us up on social media. You can find us on Twitter, TikTok, Pinterest, and YouTube. Um, hit, us a, hit us up with a DM on Twitter if you enjoyed our um, film festival rankings, if you've seen any of them. Let us know your thoughts. If you think we've probably missed any, let us know your thoughts. If you think uh, Aquaman, The Lost Kingdom, is going to punch way above its weight, then <laughs> head, over, head on over at Movie Games. And if you want to read any other of our content, head over to moviegains.com. We have got all the latest box office news, film and physical media reviews and content, as well as, uh, you know, lists and Oscars and whatnot. And be sure to sign up for our newsletter so you can keep up to keep up to date with all of our content. And hey, if you enjoyed listening to us on Let's Be Real, head over to Spotify wherever you pod from, type in Let's Be Real and give us a good old listen. There's a lot of episodes to get through, so have fun on that roller coaster. Thanks everyone for tuning in today. We'll catch you on the next episode of Movie Games. See you later. Peace.